everyone. Welcome back to Strawberry Pack Podcast with me, your host, Jack Cole. So today I'm joined by founder of Nine Trees, Michael Cunningham, who's going to tell us about his work. So Michael, uh, welcome. And yeah, please share with us uh, your story. Thank you, Jack. Um, thanks for inviting us to your Restore Our Planet podcast. Um, yeah, we started Nine Trees in 2019 um, and it came out of uh, me having a lot of like eco-anxiety about uh, my place in the world and <clears throat> the emissions that I was creating and all of the people around me who were like green or sustainable, yet we were still in the society and expected to reduce our carbon footprint. Um, and there were lots of things going around in the media about carbon offsetting and people getting worried and anxious and at the time, I'd just taken on like a three-month work program in Nepal, and I had to fly there. So I wasn't feeling great about that. So on the way, um, I did a like a back of a postcard workings out about my carbon footprint and thought, well, in order for me to balance that with trees, I'd have to like buy a couple of acres, plant a few thousand trees, and hopefully they'll survive for a few hundred years. And after just doing a permaculture course, I was thinking, well, why not I invite my friends and family to be involved with me? And then through the power of like more people as well, we could get uh, the county involved. And then after I spoke to a few people, they said, well, why not make it bigger and make it a nationwide thing so that everyone can get involved and we can do it on an average of nine trees per person, which is, the average carbon footprint of an individual in the UK, they emit nine tonnes of carbon into the atmosphere and nine trees or a tree basically sequesters one tonne of carbon per, for its whole life. And so what's the time scale? That's nine tonnes over a lifetime? Annually? Um, what's the... Nine trees sequester nine tonnes of carbon over its lifetime. So we're, we're, ma- we're making that lifetime like um, 60 to 100 years or so obviously some trees live for thousands of years in the first 60 years it does its most carbon sequestering um, and then after that it kind of levels out so by the time I got back from Nepal um, where I was doing like humanitarian efforts um, I'd already worked out quite a few things and um, we planned to plant one of the sites um, at the end of the year so by 2020, we had planted our first two sites and got a few hundred people involved, which was really good. Um, and now we've planted 10 sites in the UK and we've got an agroforestry project in Scotland and we're branching out to different ways of engaging with landowners. Um, so basically, it, it's all inspired by uh, where I come from, mid Wales, and I've grown up with trees and rivers and mountains all around me, um, you know, really enjoy being in nature and then I learned when I went to university and did wildlife and countryside conservation to a degree that you know we had um, stripped the land um, of much of its wildlife so in 90% of um, biodiversity has decreased in the UK since the 1900s and um, you know we want I want to bring that back so I've worked in conservation for many years but I always seem to be managing habitats. Um, so like cutting down trees, burning doors to try and keep 
valuable um, wildlife habitats for butterflies and other species that like grasslands. Um, and I was doing a bit of wildflower meadow planting and a bit of stone walling and, and that kind of thing and ponds. But what I really wanted to do was create habitat. So it all kind of tied together quite nicely, um, creating woodlands around the UK. Um, yeah, so I suppose it's been a fun journey for the last five years. And now we are expanding the company uh, to hopefully every region of the UK. Um, and our vision is to plant 100,000 trees a year. So, yeah, we've got the right team around us now, um, ready to uh, put lots of projects in place. Fantastic. And just out of curiosity, why nine trees? So um, my average carbon footprint is oh, nine. Of course. Um, and so actually. it's actually the, the UK-wide, yeah, average is nine tonnes. So um, we want to plant nine trees per year. Obviously, we should have planted 900 trees if you're going to live till 90, um, like I don't know, 60 or 100 years before you were born, but we didn't do that. <laughs> and to ask someone to plant 900 trees for their newborn child would be quite expensive. Uh, so we are where we are. So let's start by planting nine trees per person per year. And if you want to top that up or if you want to join our programme and, and sponsor more trees, then great. Um, and that will balance your carbon in your lifetime. Obviously, that it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. You should still be reducing your carbon footprint to two or four tons a year and that's quite a hard ask already um, but we are getting there with technological advances and um, yeah we, we also are getting businesses involved so instead of me having to talk to a hundred thousand people um, to plant you know a million trees or so we can talk to a couple of thousand businesses and plant those trees so it's much better when a business comes on board and plants a hundred trees or a thousand trees. We really enjoy that. And you mentioned that there are some ways that the general public or average person could bring down their, their carbon footprint. What are what are some of those ways? Well, I suppose the, one of the obvious ones is through transport. And so driving less or using aeroplanes less and um, thinking about using buses or cycling is a lot better. Um, the food we eat does have an impact on the environment. So um, trying to reduce your carbon footprint that way. And it doesn't mean necessarily reducing meat. It means reducing the most carbon consumption uh, item in your fridge. So that could be um, milk or it could be soya. It could be anything. So I'd really push for the government to put more labels of how carbon intensive your food is um, and sometimes we ship things from like the UK or from Europe to another part of the world to get packaged and then we ship them back so I'm not just talking about our transport I'm talking about the transport of goods um, yeah and um, you know things like renewable energy and heating your home or keeping your home warm that has a massive effect on your bills and also your mental health and the environment so if you want to do something for the planet and yourself um, I'd say concentrate on your home and yourself and spread the message to your friends and family around you about, you know, the, the easy things you found to do. And they might strike up a conversation about something that they've done that was maybe a bit harder, um, but has seen a really positive effect. Of course. And you mentioned there that um, sort of these, uh, these strategies can help improve mental health. I'm just curious to know how, how that is exactly, how that works. 
Well, um, a lot of people at the moment are suffering from eco-anxiety um, and that is uh, quite um, frustrating because of the society and the world that we live in that has been created this way and um, it's hard for us to get out of that. So if you can do something positive for your mental health, you might be able to take your, the head out, your head out of the sand and um, uh, take another step towards reducing your carbon footprint. So that's part of what we do at Nine Trees as well. Um, the main pillars are for biodiversity and for well-being and for rural jobs. And the biodiversity part is obviously creating biodiverse woodlands and nature reserves. And the well-being is that you get to visit the trees and watch hope grow. And you can take your friends and family. And if you're a business subscriber, you can take your, your clients um, and your staff. Um, and that gives you a real sense of um, well-being being in the field and walking around and hearing all the birds and and seeing the little runs of rabbits and bulls and things like that um, and just being outside so um, the other one with rural jobs so we as we expand across the UK we want to use local contractors and um, that supports also local ecologists uh, and the green job infrastructure as well uh, everyone in our team works in different cities and towns all over the UK um, from like marketing, finances and, and many other facets of the organisation. So yeah, we've got lots of different opportunities going and lots of volunteer opportunities in the business, but also in the field um, and in events and helping us promote. So uh, hopefully by doing volunteering as well, that's also a massive tick box for the, for the wellbeing. Fantastic. And you run the organisation as a community interest company. Now, I think you might have touched on some of the aspects of how that works. I just wondered if you could elaborate a little bit further um, how that is constructed and put into, into uh, to effect. Yeah. So um, as a community interest company, basically, we are a not-for-profit organisation. So any funds that come in, we spend on trees, stakes and guards and the labour to do the work. And we also do all of the like about 50 stages before we even set foot on land. So surveying, mapping and everything like that. And then um, after that, um, funds are spent on the organisation or team, basically. Um, and any money left over goes back to the kind of into a community pot, which engages local people to our sites in uh, like volunteer days or educational days and it also allows the money to be used for upskilling so the upskilling of our own team but also we've got a, um, a connection to nature where we can bring an expert to the field and we've run this a couple of times already and then we invite people to come along and so the course might usually cost 80 to 100 pounds um, but you kind of get an introduction to ecology and so could be entomology or botany or um, all, all kinds of things basically so <laughs> we we are using that money not for profit basically it's to either help the company and the training and the skills of the team to make sure we are doing the right work but also people that have that role progression um, and can go on to other work as well or it's to help fund community projects and educational projects um, in the counties that we plant, but also to help us outreach to festivals and events 
um, and engage people there in also mindfulness activities. Okay, and um, of course you, you, you started, just go back to the beginning, you started, you know, just your own ideas and you've grown over the past five years. I was wondering what are some of the more, um, perhaps on like a policy level, if I could put it that way, some of the obstacles that you found in actually getting these things implemented, have you found that the government is, I said government's quite a broad term, but like the state, or we can call it that, is it being a massive hindrance? Do you just see lots of problems with the way that the government is supporting sort of these issues, or do you find that they're quite helpful? What's how's that that side of the work generally been? So really we we created nine trees because there was a massive gap in how um, like for profit carbon credits, um, but also government grant funding was being given out. And what we want to do is we want to see farmers, no matter how much land they own, um, and no matter kind of what practices they use um, on their land, that we can still get more trees on the ground um, and that the right trees planted in the right place. So often for a landowner, they might not have necessarily the skills to plant trees, but often they do. They might not have the ability to fill in massive forms, um, but, and often they need coaching through that. So we don't go for gov government grants um, and we don't sell carbon credits and plant monoculture crops. We have our own way. Um, so any landowners can contact us um, to do hedgerows, shelter belts, plantations of you know 900 to 9,000 trees, as well as agroforestry projects. So, um, you know, we, we work alongside other non-governmental organisations and people like the Woodland Trust and RSPB and anything like that, so that if they can't uh, uh, put a tree there for some reason, then the landowner can come to us and ask for help in uh, uh, various ways. Hey, all right. And uh, how do you th see things, or how would you like to see things develop over, you know, again, talking trees here, so of course long time scale but in terms of your work generally in terms of scaling um you mentioned how you're you're aiming to get projects going in all parts of the uk so how how would you like to see things develop uh, let's start with short term last next uh next year year or two how are things yeah. you think um so um hopefully short term um our organization will be resilient and sustainable in the next year and um to prove to people that we can do what we're saying in every county um, and there are 92 counties in the UK including Northern Ireland um, and uh, we want to spread out by using regional reps um, with county ambassadors and at the moment we've got a university program so anyone from universities can become our reps and ambassadors and then hopefully when they leave university um, they can carry on to join our team and find us land or businesses to work with or schools and things like that. Um, and so then we're like raising our brand awareness and showing people that we can give free trees, stakes and guards to anyone who uh, jumps through the hoops. We've set up our, our own like 10 questions followed by a license agreement for 50 years. Um, so that short term, really, it's about getting to the right landowners by getting the right reps in place. Um, and that's a project all of its own. And we're doing projects with universities already, like drone projects for geolocating of trees, 
um, we're willing to work with lots of universities on various projects, but we also want to understand what other tree planting organisations are doing. So partnerships with other organisations, as I was saying, if they like kind of, you know, we can fill in the gaps. Um, so that's a, yeah, it's a real challenge really as a small organisation, having the money and the funds uh, and the personnel to do that. So that's why we're asking volunteers to step forward or experts with pro bono help and advice. Um, yeah, and then basically review that, you know, every couple of years and, and take another step in the right direction. And therefore, sort of, I mean, I think a bit more sort of longer term, at least, let's let's say, you know, everything comes together, we get partnerships going, the funding's there, the motivation's there. Generationally speaking, I think this is happening anyway, younger people are you know, really kind of getting behind it, it's really time to do something. What would you like to be seeing perhaps in the, I don't know, late 2030s, for example? Where could we be? Um, well, from with our branching out, uh, our branching out scheme that we do with landowners, uh, we want to plant from you know, nine trees to 9,000 trees in every county. So I'm hoping that we'll have at least 50% of the UK with at least nine trees in every county. <laughs> Obviously, we want it to be 90 or 900, um, and that will, that will really step us up into getting funding from a lot of our businesses who might be like in Norfolk or London. And they're like, we want our trees to be as local as possible. Um, but this is a massive like global problem and we're trying to plant all over the UK. So if we can facilitate landowners closer to companies that want to give us money, then that would be really handy. Um, luckily at the moment, most businesses who come with us are just happy that we're planting trees and that they are providing for future generations, a lovely biodiverse UK. Yeah, and, and finally, Michael, where could people find your work? They want to follow and get involved. So um, it's the number nine and then trees and .org. So nine trees.org and on social media, we're at nine trees UK. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn as well. And we'd be happy to communicate with anyone. We usually communicate via email and there's a phone number on there as well. And you can find us at lots of festivals and events in the coming years. Fantastic. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Jack. That's been lovely. Thanks.